If you have your Bibles, and you should, go to 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse number 7. And we're going to talk today about mask. Mask. We just came through a period of time where, you know, there was people that said, don't wear them, and then there's those that do wear them. I remember where I wear, wore my mask, and um, I was in a store, Publix, and uh, one of the ladies behind there said, take your mask off and be free. Like, wow, <laughs> that's a little bold. <laughs> I didn't. I kept my mask on. But I thought about that recently. Take your mask off and be free. And so I want to read here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. But if the ministry of death written, out, written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. Can you imagine that? He'd been with God on the mountain. The glory of God was shining on him and through him. And as he came down, the people couldn't even look on his face because of that glory. Verse 8, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a mask, a veil over his face, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. So he'd been with the glory of God. He'd been in the presence of God. The glory was all over him. He came down. The people saw it. They were stunned by what they saw. And even in amazement, and I'm sure he as Moses was probably eating some of that up. And then as he was continuing every day, suddenly he realized that the glory wasn't shining as much as it was before. So instead of going back up to the mountain, he decided to put a mask on. And that's what a lot of people do these days in every aspect of their life, not only in their relationship with God. You know, we had a great time with the Lord. We received Jesus in our heart. We were on fire for God. And then life starts to happen, and all of a sudden the joy is gone. But, you know, we put the mask on before we come in the doors and act like everything's all right when it's not. And we hide behind the mask. We do that in our relationships and marriage. We act like everything's all right when it's not all right. You doing okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Men, when you hear your wife say, I'm okay, it's not okay. <laughs> we wear masks. We wear masks with our relationships. And so today I want to speak to you about that it's time to take off our mask. And we've heard a lot about masking up. In fact, before COVID, if you had walked into a bank wearing a mask, you'd get arrested. But if you walked into a bank during that period of time without wearing a mask, you would have probably been accosted and sent out the door. Things change, don't they? 
So talking about masks is nothing new. We grew up with masks. You remember Zorro? The Lone Ranger? Batgirl, Captain Marvel, Zorro, Wolverine, Darth Vader. And what about Jim Carrey? The mask. And he, he fell in love with the mask because it helped him to get over his insecurities, over his shyness, over all of the things that he was afraid of. And he became quite the dancer too, didn't he? With the mask. So why do wear, will people wear masks? And that's what I'm asking here is because we want to cover up reality. We don't want people to really see who we are, what we're going through. Somehow somebody got the teaching that in church you have to always be perfect and everything has to be right. So if you came into church with problems and hurts and all the other things, people may not think you are saved like you're supposed to be. But the truth of the matter is God wants us to unmask, to be real for once. In fact, the world out there is tired of all the hypocrisy in the church. We're tired of their hypocrisy too. But it's true. The one thing you hear people say is, I don't go to church because there's too many fakes. Too many people wearing masks. And I don't agree with all that because I know a church right here on Fairfax where the masks have already come off in the name of Jesus. But there are a lot of churches out there that not only is the pulpit masked up, but the entire church is masked up. Walking around with masks, fake fronts, covering up their pain, their hurts, frustrations and fears. They think they have it all together, look happy. In fact, singing the song, you know, smiling faces, sometimes they don't tell the truth. Y'all remember that? It's going back a few years. <laughs> that we have these fake faces on. And, and, and the beautiful thing about the, this thing in faith is that Jesus wants us to come just as we are. Not, not, not come to him with some facade on it, not to come to him with all the religious language and all of that. That all needs to be thrown in the garbage. We need to be real with God, real with ourselves. Just like when Adam sinned, God came to him and said, where are you, Adam? God knew right where he was, but Adam was hiding behind these leaves. God needed him to come out from amongst the trees and say, here I am, I've sinned. And when he did, God was able to do something about it, and he'll do something with you. You're masking some depression, hiding in the cave. You come in here, you look great, look wonderful, but when you go home, you pull the shades down, you don't eat right, you can't sleep. You have all kinds of issues going on, hurts and pains on the inside. When you were right here in God's hospital, in the house of the Lord, where he said, I came to set the captive free and to heal the brokenhearted. And so Moses was, was right here. He was all masked up, masked up in a mask. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3, when it gets up on the, state, uh, the uh, screen here, it says, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. And that word perverseness of transgressors in the NIV translates duplicity. And duplicity simply means hiding that was, as long as we're hiding our sins, as long as we're hiding our hurts, it will only bring destruction into our life. And the wonderful thing about the, chi of the child of God in the house of God, and it should be, and I know it's here in this house, is that we can be real one with another. It's okay to say I'm hurting because somebody's going to reach over and lay hands on you. 
In some churches, it's a fearful thing to share your, your uh, business with them because it's going to be on social media. They're going to be sharing it as prayer requests to other people, and they're going to put all your laundry out there. But in the house of God, we need to learn to be real, that we are hurting, that I can tell you what's going on in my life. Why do we wear masks? People wear them because they want acceptance. You know, young people do that when they go to school. They might have been raised in church. They go to school. Everybody's listening to certain music, dressed in a certain way. And they don't want to feel like oddballs, so they put on the mask. But I want to tell you, young people, stand firm for Jesus. Don't worry about the trends. They will come. They will go. But Jesus will always stand firm. How about fear? That's another reason we wear masks, because we're afraid about something, fearful about something in our life, something that we're going through, so we mask it up. Or sometimes we wear masks because we don't really like who we are. And, and I don't know why you, where you get that, but some people, they got to dress like J-Lo, got to look like the Kardashians, got to get a haircut the same way a famous actor does. You know what? God made you the way you are for a specific purpose. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's not another one out there like you. There's not another one going to be like you. You have a gift that God has given you, so stand up and be proud of who you are and what you've got. Praise the Lord. I wish I had a car like that one out front, though. Is, is that Johnny's? That's a nice-looking ride, isn't it? Sometimes we mask up trying to hide or forget painful pasts. So Moses here in 2 Corinthians 3, we see that Moses put a veil on so that the people wouldn't see the glory of God that was passing from him. Look at Exodus 34, verse 29. In 34, uh, chapter 34, verse 29, this is the story from, that Paul is referring to from 2 Corinthians. So it was that Moses came down from Mount Sinai. He had the two tablets of the testimony. They were in his hands. Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. He didn't know what was going on. It was just glowing. And the, have you had people say, I don't know what it is about you, but there's something that's glowing from you? They know when you've been with Jesus. So the people were impressed and honored him. And so now all of a sudden the presence of God begins to dissipate. And he puts on a mask to hide the fact that he wasn't quite as spiritual as he was before. Should have gone back up to the mountain and said, God, I need a recharge. Some people need to do that. You were raised in church, saved in church, active in the youth group, filled with the Holy Spirit, walking around praying for people, evangelizing, and today, like a bump on the log. And we're masking it like everything's cool, and it's not. You need to go back to where you started. Like Revelation 1 said, come on back to your first love. Get on back to Jesus. Don't be ashamed of it. Because when you get at his feet, he's going to forgive you, he's going to restore you, and he's going to put that shine back into your life, and we can take the mask off. Jesus addressed that in Matthew 23 and 27. When he didn't call it mask, he called them whited sepulchers. Boy, Jesus, he had no filter, did he? I mean, he, like we say, he, had, he put no butter on that biscuit. At least I'm saying it nice, a mask. But he said, you are whited sepulchers. You're a tomb with bones, death in it, and you've covered it up with all pretty colors to make it look beautiful on the outside. 
but the inside is full of death and all uncleanness. They looked religious on the outside, but on the inside they were empty. I call them bell pepper Christians. You ever seen them beautiful bell peppers laying up there and they look so plump and strong and then you cut them open and there's nothing inside? And there's a lot of people like that in the house of God. That they, they, they look good. And, and, and I'm not here to criticize. I'm just here to challenge you. That you've come a long way with the Lord. And maybe you haven't found yourself in that place where you should be with God. And it's easy just to hide behind the mask and to act like everything's all right. While God is beckoning you. Come on. I'm the God of the second chance. I'll give you a third chance. Just come to me and I'll give you the strength that you need. And a lot of people are like that. They'll be sitting out in the car cursing someone out. Get out and adjust the coat on and get the tie right. Come on into church. Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> and you just blasted all your kids in the back seat with all kinds of profanity or the house or the wife or somebody driving by you that you didn't like the way they were driving. Hello. <laughs> and we have these masks on. Masks are to cover up our identity and hide who we really are. So I can go back here a little bit. Artist, Ricky Martin, Barry Manilow, George Michael. Remember all those names? They sang such romantic songs, and they looked so good, and you thought they were singing them to girls. And then you found out the mask came off who they really were. Actors, how about, you know, the old school Rock Hudson. Oh, that was the macho man. And Tom Selleck and Magnum P.I., Oh, and I hate to do this, but Mr. Brady and the Brady Bunch, family man, and all of them were living an entirely different life out here than they did on the screen. And, and that's what we call mask. And then let me just bring it down to some preachers. And I'm not going to call their names, but Family Worship Center, Colorado Springs Church. How about Hillsong and all the stuff that is going on out there? How about the Southern Baptist Church now pulling the veil back and seeing all these men that have been abusing children, the Roman Catholic priest? And, and on and on I could go. I'm not here to throw rocks at them, but I'm telling you, sometimes I have to agree with the world that the church is a fake sometimes, that there's a lot of hypocrisy. And I'm talking about the great big places that are showing on TV that all of us think is all wonderful. It's happening also in the small churches. Why? Because we've been living a lie. We're putting a mask on. We're hiding the fact that we're not as close to God as we used to. We're like Moses, that the, the glory is fading. And instead of doing something about it, we have not done anything but put a mask on. So I'm pleading with all of us, including myself, let's get back to our basics. Let's get back to the feet of Jesus. Let's get back to repentance and live the way God wants us to live. Amen? That's what he wants. That's what the world is waiting for. The world doesn't want us to be political. They got that out there. The world doesn't want us to be the entertainment center. The world wants us to be the one that confronts evil and brings Jesus to the forefront and tells the truth when the truth needs to be told. Boy, you tell the truth today and you get in a lot of trouble. And I, I could show you some, I wish I should have sent some of the uh, emails that I get about that book. And uh, they're ugly. But then I think, you know what, I'm not going to respond ugly. I'm going to say thank you for your opinion. Because I know they read, and that word's going to get in them, and that word's going to do what needs to be done. Amen. We also uh, wear a mask in our marriage and, our, and when we meet people. If, you remember what's called false self and true self? When you, let's say you're single and you've got the first date. You don't tell the truth. 
you dress up real good, you smell good, you're on your best behavior, you take her somewhere where you know you're not going to see anybody that you, you knew before, <laughs> and, and likewise. It, it's the false self-fronts. We just know that. That's why when you're in a relationship, take time with it. Don't jump into it so quickly. Let the stuff emerge and the mask come off. doesn't mean they don't qualify. It just means that you need to know who you're dealing with. How about when Jacob thought he was marrying Rachel and he pulled the mask off and it was Leah? What a surprise. And, and a lot of people are like that in their relationships. They, they get married and then a few months go by and a year goes by and all of a sudden the mask comes off and you're like, who are you? <laughs> because we're constantly hiding things. We even hide our hurts. John chapter 4, uh, Jesus, you mentioned it earlier. John chapter 4, the woman at the well. Here comes this woman. She's drawn water out of the well. She didn't join the other women, and there was a reason why. She had a lot of stuff to hide. Jesus was sitting there waiting on her, and when she comes up, he, uh, he asked her for some wa water, and um, she looks at him kind of strangely, and uh, he says to her, where's your husband? You know, and Jesus will ask you a question like that every now and then. He'll, he'll know right where to go with what you're dealing with. And he said, uh, where's your husband? And she said, well, I don't have a husband. So there was a little truth there, but Jesus went on ahead and yanked the mask off and said, that's right, you've had five husbands, and you're living with somebody now that you're not even married to. Lord, we don't want that kind of Jesus in the house, do we? You talk about emptying out the church. As soon as the prophet got up here and started putting your mail out there, everybody would be like, whoa, I'm gone. But God wants to show us. So he says to this woman, where's, where's he at? And she tells him some partial truth. What does she do at that point? It's interesting. What she does is she puts a religious mask on as quickly as she can. And she says, but you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. You worship on this mountain and we worship on this mountain. See how she went to church just like that. Started all that religious talk. When the truth was, he just pulled the veil back and said, you not, you a hoe. I mean, I don't know that that's exactly what he meant. <laughs> but he was telling her the truth. He was trying to get to the truth. He wasn't trying. There was nobody else around. It was just him and her, and he was trying to get to the heart of the matter, get the mask off, and I can help you. And, and when he finally did, she said, give me some of that water. And she drank of that water from spiritual water and ran and told everybody about Jesus. So I'm telling you, it's okay to, be, to tell the truth. It's okay to be real. God can only help you if you tell the truth uh, to yourself and to anybody else. You see, we, we somehow think that we can just get away with uh, hiding behind the mask and that, uh, you know, if we just uh, do the right things, say the right things, and, and look the right way, that everything's going to be all right. And it's not. And, and I've had some people, and you've had them too, come to you and say, well, you know, I would go to church, but I've got to really straighten some things out. <laughs> because in their mind, they think in order to come to church, you've got to be perfect. Lord, could we tell them some stories? You know? 
But, we, but then again, it tells me something that that's the perception that we've given to them. And they have created some BS. Oh, calm down. <laughs> Belief system. All right. Y'all get, get, get your mind out of it. We all have a belief that we all have some BS. Go on, tell your neighbor you got some BS. <laughs> I know you want to tell you 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 full of BS, you know. <laughs> but you, you know, but you know what I'm the belief system, what you believe, the system of beliefs, and that, their belief system is they got to be perfect to come into church. And somehow we maybe have that same idea that I really can't be a Christian until I'm totally perfect. And the idea is that God is saying, listen, I already know your imperfections, but I called you. I want you. And I love that passage of Scripture where, where Jesus was challenging the disciples when they said, well, you know, Lord, we, we chose to follow you. He said, let's get something straight here. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Wow, that's a whole different way of looking at things. That's a whole new belief system. I didn't come to Jesus. Jesus drew me and, and hooked me and brought me into him because he saw something he wants to, and needs in his kingdom, and so it is with you. Take the mask off. He already knows who you are. Let just ourselves be real. John 8 and 32, you'll know the truth, and the truth will what? It will set you free. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. Look at this one. The heart is deceitful above all things. Boy, isn't that true? It'll even lie to yourself. Can you trust your emotions? No, you can't. Your emotions will lie to you, make you tell you all kinds of foolish things, and it's deceitful. And so who can know it? But the Lord searches the heart, tries the reins, and gives to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing. That is, God looks past the mask and peers into our heart, sees the pain, the deception, the hurt, and the troubles, everything that you've been trying to run from and hide from, the abuse, whatever it have happened in your life, God has already said, I love you, I've chosen you just like you are, and I want you to be a part of my team and my kingdom. And I love the fact that God loves us to that way. All right, let's get out of the mask lifestyle. First of all, how do you get rid of the mask? This one here, if this don't do it, nothing else will. God's going to expose it at some time if you don't. God's going to cut it loose. So in Luke uh, 8 and 17, it says that if we choose to keep the mask in time, our hidden person is going to be revealed one way or another. May not do it right away, but I'm telling you, holding a mask up for a long time takes a whole lot of energy. And, and, you know, people say, well, when you lie, you better make sure you remember that lie because it takes a whole lot to remember what you lied about because you're going to say something that's going to contradict that lie, and then you have to lie again and again. And that's how it is with masks. They just take too much energy. I think that's why when you get older, you really are getting rid of the mask. <laughs> you ever been behind an old person in a, in a grocery line and ask them how they're doing? Why do you want to know? Luke 8 and 17, nothing is secret that will not be revealed, 
nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Wow. Nothing. The things that I've done are the things that are done to me. And, and if, if you don't do it, your kids will. <laughs> They'll go to school. And next thing you know, they're throwing everything out in Sunday school about what was going on in the house. And <laughs> but you, you know the story about David and, and uh, Bathsheba and what he had done with her and committed adultery with her and then had her husband put to death. And he was hiding it and hiding it until one day Nathan came to him and told him that little story, didn't he? He told him about the lamb. And, and David was furious. How could anybody do that to somebody like that? And then he stuck his finger in his face and said, Time to demask. You're the man. And thank God, God loves us that much because he fell on his face and repented and got a second chance at it and, 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 and as a part of the, of, of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Second thing we need to do is take a good look in the mirror. Quit looking at everyone else. And their flaws, we're good at that, aren't we? And take a look at yourself. 1 Corinthians 11 and 28, let a man what? Examine himself. Take a look in the mirror. I'm going to quote from someone, this isn't in the Bible, but it is from Michael Jackson. <laughs> Remember the song, Man in the Mirror? Uh-huh. I'm going to make a change for once in my life. I'm going to make a change for once in my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel real good, going to make a difference, going to make it right. Y'all know the beat? I'm just, I'll sing it. No, don't do that. <laughs> I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been clearer if they want to make a world a better place. Take a look at yourself, then make a change. Now, I know that came out of the Word of God. He might have put it into uh, the words that really became a hit song, but there's such a truth in all that that we cannot change until we, first of all, know that He is going to expose us at some point, and second of all, He's given us a chance to examine ourselves and to say, what is it that I'm hiding? And, and notice in 2 Corinthians 3 and 18 again, back it says, we all, we, in verse 18, let me read that, but we, we all, all of us, that means everyone in the house, with unveiled face can behold as in the mirror the glory of God and therefore become transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So by looking in the mirror, by taking the mask off and taking a good look at myself, I can now open the door to transformation in my life. And the word transformation there means metamorphosis, like a... Uh, the little caterpillar that goes in the cocoon and comes out as a butterfly. God is saying to you, you can go into that cocoon. You're in the cocoon hurting. Your pains are there. But if you let God do what he can do, he will bring out that beautiful butterfly in your life. He will transform you, change you, while you gaze into the mirror. You see, there's a power of focus. You ever notice how the longer people are married, how they start looking like each other? And they act like each other. They can finish each other's sentences. Because they've been focusing on each other. And that is the same with God. When I'm looking into God's face and I'm looking into his word of God, suddenly I'm starting to take on his characteristics. I'm starting to look like Jesus. I'm starting to feel the glory of God coming out of my life because I've been with him. Even the disciples, people said, you're part of his disciples. We know who you are by the way you look. Wouldn't that be wonderful? 
you see? Power of focus. Focus. James chapter 1, verse 23 and 24, 25. Look at this. <clears throat> We're talking about the mirror, the man in the mirror. If anybody be a hearer of a word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his face in a natural mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. See that? Face in the mirror. What, what, what is he referring to? Be a hearer and a doer of what? The word, which James says is the mirror. See, that's why the devil fights us so much about reading his word. Tells you, oh, it's got too many big words in it. It's got too many things. It seems so hard to read. Of course he wants you to believe that because this is the mirror. That's what James said. I'm, I'm not making that up. That came right out of the scripture there that you're reading. So every time I open this Bible up and I look into it, it is reflecting my image back to me and tells me, boy, this is something I need to work on. <laughs> and so in order to get the mask off and keep it off, we've got to focus our attention upon the word of God. It's interesting that when we read the word of God, don't we get sleepy? <clears throat> you find yourself on the, the recliner and the Bible's like this. You're like, whoa, wow. And you only read one verse. <laughs> but this because it's a spiritual battle. Satan doesn't want you looking in here. He wants you to keep the mask on, keep you in prison, keep you down, keep you from your destiny. But I got a feeling there's some people in this house right now who've decided that I'm not going to wear the mask. I'm going to live the way God wants me to live. I don't care what has happened to me in the past. I'm letting all of that go. I'm moving forward in God. I don't care whether people like me or not. Because I've found out according to the word, hallelujah, I am blessed. I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I got a destiny. I got a future in the Lord. He's died for me. And I've got to live the way he wants me to live. And then Colossians 3 and 2 just simply in, in, uh, encourages what I was saying here. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. That is, focus your attention on the word. Then the third thing is let the Holy Spirit demask you. And that's that word transformation. To change you and transform you from what you've been. And you can only do that by spending time with the Lord. And I know these are real basic things, but that's what we need. Get back into the word. Get back into meditating on the word. There is, such, like Amos said, there's such a drought for the hearing of God's words, uh, his truth. And people are really illiterate when it comes to the teaching of God's word. We're paying preachers to pray for us. We're paying preachers to, to read the Bible and explain it to us when you're supposed to be reading the word of God yourself. There was these two drunks. Um, they were having a drink, and the one leaned over and said, Man, I'm helping my son with his religious education. The other dad said, whoa, I didn't know you knew the Bible. He goes, yeah, I know a little bit about it. Second dad said, well, all right, recite the Lord's Prayer. So the first dad thought about it for a minute. And now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. The second one looked at him in astonishment and said, whoa, I didn't know you knew the Bible so well. And that's true about people of God. We don't really know what's in the Bible. Therefore, we don't know who we are. God created us. God's the one that designed us. God's the one that put us together. 
God's the one that created us, put it all right in this order. Therefore, he's the one that needs to tell me who I am. Instead of the world trying to tell you what your identity is and putting a mask on to be like somebody else, to be popular, take it off and be who you are because nobody else in this world is like you and God is the one that has created you to be as such. Give God your hurts. That's the fourth thing, those hurts that you've been masking. And uh, we can do that because it says in Hebrews 4 and 15, we have a high priest who's been touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So if I can just break it down, he knows what it's like to be abused. He knows what it's like to be falsely accused. He knows what it's like to be hurt. He knows what it's like to be abandoned. He knows what it's like to be crushed down and pushed down. Everything that you've ever been through, anybody in here, the high priest, Jesus, has already been through it. And therefore, he said, I am qualified for you to come boldly into my presence and ask me to help, and I will help you. Like that blind Bartimaeus, when he heard that Jesus was in the area, and, and he's blind, he doesn't know where Jesus is, but he heard he's in the area, and he starts saying, Jesus, Jesus, help me, help me. And Jesus hears his voice and says, come on to me. And as he's coming, the Bible says he threw off his garment, he took off his mask, and went to Jesus, and Jesus opened his eyes. Hallelujah. God will heal your hurts if you'll take the mask off and let him heal your hurts. And then lastly, you'll find your identity in God and not in the world. Why do kids join gangs? They want to belong. They want the identity. They don't join to kill, steal. I mean, some of them might, you know, the, the weirdo ones, but most of the kids that join gangs get caught up in that, but they don't join for that. But they just want to be a part of something. They want a mask, blood, crip, whatever it is. Put on a mask so I can have an identity. Our identity is right here in the Word of God. And it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, I don't think I gave you all that one, but it says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit whom you've received of God? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. You are priceless. There is nothing in this world that is equal to you because God gave his life through his son, Jesus Christ, that you might have life. Galatians 4 and 7, You are no longer a slave, but you're a son and an heir through God. Revelation 1 and 6, he has made us kings and priests unto God. I mean, I can go on and on and on. We could start with A and say accepted, B, blessed, C, child of God, D, destined. We could go right through the alphabet and talk about everything that you are. That's who you are. You are no longer what you used to be. You are now a child of God. Like the bishop said, quit talking about your troubles, quit talking about your past, quit talking about your pains, and start talking about the decree of who you are and what you're going to do for the glory of God because God has a destiny for all of us. We can take the mask off in the name of Jesus and be who we really are in the name of the Lord and be proud of it and watch God use us for his glory. Take the mask off. Father, in the name of Jesus, every person in this house that is been hiding behind a mask. Would you give them the strength to pull it off? To be real. To be like Adam and Eve were in the beginning, naked and unashamed. 
not hiding, not masking, but being everything that we're supposed to be. Right now, Holy Spirit, you have called them. <coughs> you have chosen them. They've yet to understand and comprehend everything about what that means. But today, oh Lord, let them see the truth through the word of God that you want them. You need them. You have died for them. Just as they are, without one plea. Touch them, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Whatever pain it is in their heart, let them begin to release it and get that mask off and say, I need Jesus. I need him to heal my heart. I need him to heal my hurts. Thank you, Lord. Help us in this church to be so real, unmasked, unafraid, that the world may see that, yes, God does love us just as we are. God will receive us just as we are. God will help us. And he will. your head bowed and your eyes closed.